This is episode 129 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're continuing with Women's Camp 2015, One Courageous Community. This is a workshop titled Hospitality by Candy Hughes. Welcome, ladies. You know, um, today has been amazing so far. Don't you feel that way? I just felt like the Spirit of the Lord is really moving in this room, and, and He has been all weekend. But this morning, was I just felt was really, really special. And so, um, you know, getting ready for this workshop, my husband, he walked up behind me, and he put his arms around me. We've been married almost 36 years. We got married when we were 10 and 12. And... <laughs> And he said to me, he said, he's kind of snuggling me, he goes, you're thinking about hospitality, aren't you? And I said, yes. He said, you need to be thinking about husbandology. <laughs> and I said, honey, I didn't tell him this, but that would be a whole weekend, not just a short <laughs> workshop. But anyways, I am so excited to share with you the difference between worldly entertainment and Christian hospitality. That is what I'm hoping you will take away from this today. Entertainment means I want to impress you with my beautiful home, my clever decorating, and my gourmet cooking. Anybody, any, amens? Okay. Entertainment also is looking for payment. You know, if I invite you over, you'll invite me over, right? You know. But hospitality, on the other hand, is... Um, I have to get my bifocals. Do you have to do this thing? Okay. Hospitality, on the other hand, seeks to minister. Hospitality, it doesn't try to impress, but to serve. It was interesting listening to Kari this morning. I thought, that's exactly, I, I was just agreeing with her over and over again, some of the things she was saying. Through service, you need to be a vehicle which God's grace can flow. Today I have a few things. I'm going to do a quick commercial. If you have your notebooks, you'll notice you didn't get a handout from me. That's because you have these wonderful notebooks with all this room in the back to write. I encourage you, if you want to take notes, if you don't, don't do that. But you can write down notes in here. Also, I have bookmarks for you with the verses that I'm sharing today from, about hospitality. And my lovely daughter, Jackie, raise your hand. She's back there. Um, she, uh, I have six children. She is my fifth daughter. And she has the bookmarks for you. And also, I didn't give them to you beforehand because then it's kind of like you, it's all the excitement is out of what I'm going to talk about. Um, it's kind of like Christmas. If you know what the present is, anyways. Um, then also, I made up some little note cards with little rings on it so you can add to it. But it has three of my favorite recipes that I've come up with my, on my own. Well, actually, one of them has seven on one page. So they're just, it's really some fun things that are real quick that you can put together and um, hopefully use. So we'll have those when you're finished um, with the workshop today. First, I'm going to start with uh, Romans 5, uh, 12, 10 through 13. And it says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves, never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. 
share with God's people who are in need, and practice hospitality. You know, ladies, we have the greatest tool at our disposal. That is the word of God. I want to encourage you. You've heard this already this weekend, but I want to encourage you again. Spend time here every day. And you know what? If you miss a day and then you think, oh, man, I didn't read my Bible yesterday, just read it the next day. Don't feel guilty about missing a day. Just pick it up and read it the next day. In here, God has given us a blueprint for how to live our lives and how to be Christ-like in our attitudes and how we treat other people. And that's what Christian hospitality is all about, is serving others the way Christ served. He set the example, the ultimate example for us. So I would just encourage you to spend time here and to learn more. I remember, there's a story about a young woman. Her name was Dee, and this is her story. She remembers when her husband, she says, I remember my husband was looking for a medical practice. I remember being invited spontaneously to a potential partner's home for lunch. The partner's name, wife's name was Margie. Had no warning, but eagerly welcomed me, in, eagerly welcomed me, opening a can of chicken noodle soup and peaches and, and peppering me with questions making me feel special and interesting. She never apologized for her simple meal, or her, her simple lunch, or her slightly messy home. She made me feel like a queen. That's what hospitality is about. We're not trying to impress people. Believe it or not, when you invite someone into your home, they're really not looking to see that everything is fit spot, everything in its place, but I'll tell you a few hints if you know someone's coming. Grab a bottle of Windex. Go into the bathroom and spray everything down. <laughs> Take the hand towel that's on the rack. Wipe everything down. Put on a new hand towel. Ta-da, it's clean. Something, Windex will kill anything. <laughs> it's my go-to cleaner. And actually, I do a lot of natural cleaners now that's like Windex, but that works really fast. Don't hide the dishes in the oven. Some of you have tried that, haven't you? My girlfriend did that. Hit him in the oven with her plastic cutting board. Oh, you know where this is going. She forgot they were there and turned her oven on to preheat at 425. You know what? Plastic cutting boards do not stand that heat. And uh, she had her son clean out the oven for her before she could use it again. Another thing I want to tell you, just in case you don't know, just a little food for thought or just, just a nugget of information, everyone has dirty dishes. Okay? Everyone has dirty dishes. If someone comes to your home and they see dirty dishes, you know that's a sign that you might get fed. But it also, it's one of those things that just happens. You know, if you want to, just kind of throw a dish towel over them. It makes you look like you were attempting to clean them. Or just don't worry about it. Nobody cares. You know, my mother-in-law taught me when she was canning, my floor would be so sticky. You know, you get stuck between the counter and the sink, the stove, trying to get between the two because you get so much sugar on the floor. She said, oh, Candy Sue, you just throw a little wet rag on the floor and drag it around with your foot. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's a great idea. So if I know someone's coming, man, I throw a dish towel on the floor and I drag it around with my foot. 
get those hot spots, you know, you get those ones that are, somebody always spills coffee. It's usually my husband. He's notorious for that. Love him dearly. The Bible tells us that every believer is given at least one spiritual gift. And that gift is for the purpose of building up the Lord's church and serving the body of Christ. In other words, our gifts are not given for our own benefit, but to enrich others. Whether we have the spiritual gift of hospitality or not, it can be part of our, of our way of life. So give it a try. Don't worry about trying to impress someone, right? You're supposed to say, right. Oh, thank you. Okay. I was afraid you weren't breathing. So, um, We should serve those around us, including the body of believers, family, friends, and even strangers that God sends our way. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I love the term visitors, folks, or friends, instead of company. When I see the word company, I think of entertaining. They are my visitors, folks, friends, guests. That's how I, want, that's how I think of them. You know, um, God can use people like you and me to touch others' lives. We have Taco Tuesday at our house, and um, we have a young woman who, whose name is Hannah, and Hannah is one of my daughter's friends. And um, oh, I'm starting to get emotional. Anyways, okay, that's gone. Um, Hannah's parents have gone on the mission field. They're in India. And you name it, it has gone wrong for Hannah in her house. Her septic is backed up. Her car's broken down. I mean, you name it, everything has happened. And she knows to come down our driveway. We live on a farm at Suber, and it's a long driveway. Talk to anyone. They'll tell you. We encourage people going on the mission field, come down our driveway so you know what a road is like in a third world country. <laughs> and Hannah comes down our driveway, and a lot of times she won't make it all the way through the door without breaking into tears. Hannah knows. She doesn't knock. She just walks in. Hannah knows that she's part of the family and that she is always welcome there. doesn't matter what time, rain or shine, Hannah comes. And usually on Tuesdays, she'll come over and have tacos. She goes, you know, I notice you have tacos on Tuesday. I go, okay, it's Taco Tuesday. We can, we'll make a new thing. Um, my husband and I took a trip to California, or excuse me, Colorado, the other sea state. Wait a minute, why, do you ever get thirsty when you talk? Okay. Anyways, we went to Colorado, and on our way home, we stopped at a rest stop. It was either in Utah or Idaho. That doesn't matter. But we stopped at a rest stop for the reason one stops at a rest stop. And we're, we stopped there, and we would take turns sitting with the car. And so, because... It wasn't our car. It's a long story. Anyways, so my, my husband had his turn, and it was my turn, and I started to walk up on the sidewalk. And as I got up on the sidewalk, I looked, looked to the side, and there was a woman coming, and we made eye contact. Take time to make eye contact. Don't be afraid of stranger danger, okay? I mean, that's good for kids. Come on, we're adults. And so, I mean, we made eye contact, and this woman... She walked up beside me and said, how's it going? She goes, oh, my poor dog is having such a rough time. 
I thought the dog wasn't in the conversation. I, I looked back, and here's this little dog on the sidewalk just shaking. I said, oh, your poor dog. I said, where are you going? She goes, we're going to Oregon. <laughs> we're in Utah or Idaho. And I said, you are? I said, where are you coming from? She said, Florida. I said, oh, my goodness, no wonder your dog is a wreck. You know, <laughs> I said, I think I would be too. That's a long trip. She goes, yeah, and the dog is just still shaking on the sidewalk. And I go, oh, and I, I said, so what are you going to Oregon for? And so she proceeded to tell me that her daughter was helping her move there and how she was so worried about moving there and, and didn't know this and didn't know that. And I said, she goes, where are you from? I said, Oregon. She goes, really? Oh, and she started just asking all these questions. And you know what? It was so cool. I knew the answers. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I knew the answers. And I was able to share with her some different things about Portland and some different things about Salem. And you know what? We left there, and she walked a little less burdened just by our conversation. Hospitality takes place not only at home, but wherever you are. I thought that was really cool. You know, in the Old Testament world, the practice of hospitality meant graciously receiving alienated persons into one's home, land, community, and providing directly for that person's needs. The New Testament teaches us, though, that our faith is one of open hands, open hearts, and open doors. Isn't that cool? Open hands, open hearts, and open doors. The New Testament, uh, when we open our hearts as well as our homes, we're practicing ho Christian hospitality. Do you have those friends that you see and you go, oh, we really need to get together? I mean, at camp, you probably do. It's been a year since we've seen each other. We really should get together more often. And then, then next year at camp, you go, you know, it's so good to see you. We really need to get together. So we have four families besides our own that we see each other a lot, and our kids have all grown up together, and we just all got busy with life. Isn't that the truth? We just get so busy in our own little rut in the road, and, and we would see each other, oh, we gotta get together. So I decided what we needed to do was to plan a time. So about eight years ago, we started what we call Celebration of Friends, and it's either the end of October, first part of November, we have one day, and our kids, now they're married and they have kids, they all come. So there's like 45 people. It's a celebration. And we all get together and we share a meal together. And one of the recipes on, this, on the cards is for um, pumpkin pot. And it's where you make soup, and it's really good. And you make soup and then you have a pumpkin all cleaned out and washed and you put the soup in the pumpkin put the lid on it and put it in the oven and cook it and as it sits there and cooks you take it you take it out oh it's wonderful and you take the lid off and then when you scoop out the soup you scoop into the pumpkin if you like pumpkin if you don't you don't have to but it's really really good my son who's a teenage boy and if you all have had teenage boys you know how they can eat he gets so excited when I cook that but it's something, so we have that, and everybody else brings something to go along with that. We have a crazy white elephant exchange. You find something in your house you really want to get rid of that you don't care about. And our rule is it has to go in the same paper bag. So we all use, Wearmart is in our town, or Winco. 
Winco paper bags, no wrapping because everybody marks their, you know what one you brought, right? If it's a white elephant, you'll mark it so you don't take it home. These are all the same. And I've started noticing some people were folding their bags a different way or stapling them shut. I thought, oh, that's breaking the rules. So when everyone's eating, I go in and switch all the bags around and change them. And they come in, they go, oh, they can't tell which bag is theirs. So we have this crazy white elephant exchange. And then we'll sing worship songs. I mean, you don't have to be good. I mean, it, it says in scripture, if we don't sing out, the rocks will cry out in our place. So just sing and praise God. And then we, a lot of times, we'll pray together. And it's just a really special time. And we all look forward to it. And even our married kids will make the time to come home for the celebration of friends. We all have excuses, don't we? Yeah. We make excuses for why we can't do things. We focus on our excuses and not on being hospitable. We think that, well, I've got all, I have, the kids have to go to soccer or the school or I have all this going on at church. I can't do one more thing. When we do that, ladies, we miss out on an opportunity to serve others. We miss out on an opportunity maybe to reach out to a neighbor or someone that we don't know. The other day I was in the grocery store and it wasn't even in my hometown. I was in Salem. And um, I went into the, to the um, canned food warehouse, and this little lady walked up to me, and she said, <laughs> just out of the blue, it was great. I love little ladies, all of you. Anyways, <laughs> I walk, I'm getting closer to that little lady all the time. Anyways, uh, we better move on. Uh, <laughs> I walked up to this, this little lady walks up to me, she goes, have you ever noticed how the cake mixes are getting smaller? <laughs> She points to the box. She knew how many ounces they used to be and how many ounces they are. I'm just glad to know where they are. And, and I said, you know, it's funny. A friend of mine said that to me. And I said, you know, a friend of mine said the same thing to me. She says, I learned a little secret. Now you all are on the edge of your chair, right? You want to know what this is. She said, you know when you make an oblong cake now, it just makes this little wimpy cake in your pan, so you use a smaller pan, right? She says, I learned that if you buy a white cake mix, are you writing this down? You're going to want to write this down. You just buy a white cake mix. It doesn't matter what flavor you're making. You buy a white cake mix, and you open it. And out of that white cake mix, you take out five tablespoons of mix and put it in the bowl with whatever flavor you're making. She says, you mix it up, and it makes a nice big cake. And I thought, that is so cool. Aren't you glad to know that? Okay, a little enthusiasm here, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so cool. And she just came up out of the blue to say that. You know, I could have just looked at her and thought, hmm, and not responded to her. But I took the time to talk with her. And you know what? I wasn't in my home. I was out in the community, and someone came up to me and spoke to me and it just took a minute of my time, but it made, I could tell she was so excited to share what she had learned. That's what hospitality is all about, ladies. It's an attitude, no matter where you are, no matter where you are. You know how it talks about the verse that talks about, um, oh, it, this is the verse I want to share with you. First Peter 4.9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I heard some of you laugh. Okay, look, I have cooked the whole meal 
I've done the dishes. <laughs> I've planned the menu. You guys better appreciate it. Or, I've been doing all of this. Why aren't you guys helping? Does that sound like Mary and Martha, kind of? Yeah. You know, hospitality is just, ladies, that means that you are the one doing it. And it's okay. You can get people to help you, but if they don't, have a good attitude about it. You want them to leave feeling like the woman that D, where they got the peaches and the chicken noodle soup. Leave to where it's, you feel like a queen. Feel, you want them to feel like you've, they've treat, you've been treating them like a queen instead of you've worked really hard and slaved. We don't need to get credit for the things we do. We just need to do them. You know, um, there's going to be lots of things that go on. You'll have to clean the house sometimes when you know folks are coming, or straighten it if you want to. Yeah. Um, but practice hospitality. Take the time. You know, when you talk, I was talking about entertaining strangers. My, um, we, used, we, ran, we didn't have power for over 20 years, which is a whole other story. If you want to know, come see me later. And um, we didn't have uh, electricity for over 20 years. And um, a, a gentleman, we would go to the laundromat to do laundry. I mean, six kids, you have a lot of laundry. And I'd go once a week and do laundry. Well, the gentleman at the laundromat, his name was Lyle. And he was the sweetest man, but very shy. And so when he would see us coming, he'd just first say hi and go about cleaning. But one day I'll remember, I remember something happened that broke the door open for us to communicate. He was working on a washer, and I was on the other side putting my clothes in a washer. And he hit a button, and the water shot out of the washer and just hit him right in the face. And I'm standing there, I'm sorry, I just, I have to laugh. I'm standing there and I go, and he looks up at me and the water is dripping off the bill of his hat and off his nose and his face. And I look at him, I just started laughing. That opened up a door and we started just talking. And as time went on, we'd sit at a table and talk while my laundry washed. Then we had donuts together and a pop. Then we would go to lunch. Soon I was making dinner at his home and he was coming to church with us. You never know what will happen, but my favorite is, he was like a grandfather to our children. And Christmas morning, I would go out and look in the driveway, and he'd be sitting in his car, waiting to see signs of life, so he could come <laughs> in the house. Those are the opportunities you don't wanna miss. Take the time to get to know people. You know, I want to give you some real quick hands-on things. If someone comes over, remember chicken noodle soup and peaches, okay? You got those. One of the recipes I have for you is dump cinnamon rolls. My family, when they wake up, they're hungry. I don't want to wait for 50 or 60 minutes for a coffee cake to cook. That, who invented that recipe? I want something I can have now, and with whatever I have in my home, I live 10 miles from town. I'm not going to be able to run to town to grab something. So whatever I have, there's a dump cinnamon rolls or pan cinnamon roll recipe. That's one I came up, for my, came up with for my family. Takes about 10, 15 minutes to cook, and it's great. I made it for the staff here, actually, during spring break at Tadmore. Also, there's, I have one for gluten-free. If you have, need recipes for gluten-free, um, please, I have a...
a sign-up, just put your name and your email address on here, and or if you don't have an email, just your address, and I'll send you a few that I have. My daughter has celiac, so I, I do understand gluten-free. So just sign up there. Um, let me see. Oh, my friend Mary, the one that liked the cake thing, she would bring potato salad in the Costco container, and no one would eat it. I said, Mary, dump it in a bowl, sprinkle paprika. Everybody ate it. <laughs> if you don't have to make it, that's great. Let's let Costco do the work. It's good potato salad. We keep, I keep a big bag of corn tortillas. They're really cheap. They sit on the shelf. They don't have to be in the refrigerator. I grab those out, put some cheese quesadillas, slice them up with a pizza cutter. Ta-da, we have lunch. Potatoes, baked potatoes, people go, oh, those take forever. Not at 450 degrees. You can get baked potatoes really quick at 450 degrees, and they're really good. And one mom said she keeps muffin mix on the shelf. So when she has someone over, she can whip up a quick batch of muffins, and her kids think it's a treat because she doesn't make them for them otherwise. One of my girlfriends comes over with her kids, and we'd gotten together since they've been little, and we would make Parmesan noodles because we were both moms with single incomes and spaghetti was cheap. So we'd cook a pot of spaghetti noodles and then we would take sour cream and parmesan, a little bit of garlic and salt and pepper. Pretty basic. And our kids loved it because they could suck it in and get it all over their face. And so we, one day we were standing there and we we're talking and imagine I can lose my place when I'm talking. But talking and I'm cooking and I go, I taste it and I go, hmm. Something's missing. So I add a little more sour cream and I put in some more garlic, a little more pepper, and I stir it and I taste it again. I go, hmm. So I put in a little more of this and that. And then I finally said to my friend, Can you taste this and tell me what's missing? She goes, The parmesan? <laughs> yeah, parmesan noodles. Very important. <laughs> Did you know if you have ever had a recipe with shredded chicken, it's a pain to shred, right? Okay. Or shredded pork to do all that? Here's a, here's a secret I learned that is really cool. If you have a KitchenAid mixer, a big mixer, put the paddle on, and when it's still hot, put it in the mixer, turn it on, be sure you have a little cover on, and just sort of hang on to it. It'll dance a little bit, but you can catch it. And, but it shreds the chicken or the pork perfectly in just a short amount of time. We had the seniors out to our house, and I made shredded pork for them, and it was like I just would cut a chunk off, throw it in the mixer, and then throw it up. Yeah, it was pretty slick. That's one of my little... Um, tricks. And the other one is PB&J sandwiches. If you only have peanut butter and jam, hey, it's better than peanut butter and butter, or butter and bread. Anyways, bread and butter. There we go. Just take the peanut butter and jam sandwiches, put on the counter, grab a cookie cutter, and cut it out. You will be the biggest hit with grandkids or other kids, or even your girlfriend. How, when was the last time you served your girlfriend peanut butter and jam sandwich? We've had men working, when they put in our power lines, we would take out little goodies to them, and it was really hot, so we'd take out ice cream, and I'd make them little foldovers and cookies and stuff, and when they got all done putting in our power lines, the um, foreman came back to me and says, my men never want to come back here again. <laughs> what? I said, really? Why? They gain too much weight. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. If the farmer's working out in the field, I take him iced tea. We'll put little treasures in the mailbox for our mail lady around the holidays. And she opens, there's a little box of cookies or a plate of cookies in there. When my children were smaller, we'd go to the stores where we would shop. And the cashiers, they are so unappreciated. They really are. And um, we would take two cookies and put them in a little bag, tie it shut with a little hand-stamped note that said Merry Christmas, and the kids would sign it. We'd hand them a little bag of cookies. 
simple, simple things. I just, I just hope that there's some ways that I've encouraged you today. You know, Jesus set the ultimate example when he said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's going to be the best hospitality ever. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and take you to myself. That where I am, you may also be. And that's in John 14, 1 1 through 3. You know, when people come to my house, the first time they're a guest, the second time they're family, they get their own water glass. That's just the way it goes. They go through my cupboards. I don't care. So I want you all to know, if you're ever in Suver, come by any time. I'm always home unless I'm gone. 